Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to the notion of enlightenment. An hour for inquiry, reflection, questions, and more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it might be to be enlightened. An hour devoted to exploring the edge of consciousness and all that is implied thereof. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves. An hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. In exploring enlightenment, we often use the Socratic method, also known as the dialectic. Sometimes this dialogue can take place entirely in our own minds, but then again, Sometimes it is the devil's advocate approach to the discourse that flushes out the subject and reveals the insight. This is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality, and this is an hour when we suspend our foregone conclusions, recognizing that everything we think we know might just be wrong. With that attitude of open-mindedness, we hope to enrich our endeavor and shorten our proximity to that ineffable state called enlightenment. Okay, every week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying respect to the importance you play in helping us to shape and improve our show. Martha wrote, thank you for your awesome radio shows and the great things you share with others so freely. Now, in part, Martha is speaking about the free MP3 programs that we make available as a part of our pay-it-forward effort. These programs are the real deal. They sell on CD for $27.95. This is the patented and scientifically proven effective InterTalk technology. We have many programs that are yours for the downloading, including what used to be our bestseller. Uh, That is before we made it available free, and that's our Forgiving and Letting Go program. You can get yours by going to eldentaylor.com and choosing the left-hand navigation pane. Click on free programs and enjoy. You couldn't make it a lot easier than that. Mitsuko wrote, Your radio show is one of my favorites on Hay House, and I look forward to it every week. I think you're a great host and love the variety of guests you've had. I love Ravinder's presence, too. So do I. I've been reading mind programming, and I have been enjoying your Serenity CD. Well, thanks, Mitsuko. Uh, I would remind all of you out there that the book is available now in paperback online through Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and, and others for about $10. And it comes with a free Serenity CD that sells alone for twenty seven ninety five. If you want a stress buster, this CD will do that for you. The book, all 100,000 words of it, and the CD, both for about 10 bucks. Now, that's a deal. That's a real deal. Yuli wrote, Get up, gets up in the morning and immediately starts listening to her acoustic tranquilizer, Serenity by Intertalk. Thanks. Thank you, Yuli. What do you think of that one, Rav? I do like the acoustic tranquilizer. Yeah, I think that's cool. That's how I see it, too. Just relax away. Okay, Vicki wrote, love the show. We're very glad you do, Vicki. Thanks for the feedback. All right, that's all the time we're going to take today for our letters because we have a very full show and a couple of guests. But I do invite you to opine by leaving comments on my website 
or by emailing me at eldon at eldontaylor.com and or by joining me on Facebook. I do read all of your letters, even though we don't have time to share them all on the show. I try to answer them as well. That said, they do impact our programming, even if I don't read them. So thank you for for sending them. Thank you for taking the time to give us your feedback. Now to today's program. Over the past 25 years, I've seen many technological breakthroughs touting some extraordinary, wonderful possibilities for personal growth. I've invested in a bunch, including the so-called God Helmet or the Persinger Helmet. Now this device is supposed to generate a spiritual experience by electromagnetically massaging different areas of the brain using elaborate algorithms generated in the computer. And there are many that claim to have had success with the device. Unfortunately, I'm not one. Still, I continue to try. That said, there are devices that I have found to be immediately very helpful, like the Echophone, a device I think of as similar to the Neurophone, but with stereo capabilities. Now, for those of you that do not know what the Neurophone is, this is a device that puts information directly into the brain without normal audio or visual input. Our intelligent agencies thought enough of it to seize it from the inventor, Pat Flanagan, and it remained a matter of national security for almost 25 years. Pat eventually regained the control of the device, and he brought it to the market a few years ago. I had the good fortune to obtain one of the original units some 25 years ago and conduct some simple pilot studies with it. The outcome was most impressive. Those of you that have read Mind Programming know that I endeavor to try almost all of these devices. Some are supposed to get you near God, some increase memory, some enhance meditation, some speed the learning process, and so on. One of my friends, and he will join us in a bit, Victor Waddell, co-inventor of Ultrasound. Uh, and, and Ultrasound pioneered a lot of the territory that we'll be talking about today. A lot of the territory that we take for granted, such as functional magnetic resonance imaging, positon emission tomography, what we commonly think of as PET scans, and so forth. Indeed, a few years back, I created a special program for use in a diagnostic facility in Nevada. where They used advanced tools, MRI, etc., and some older ones like CAT scans. Uh, because there were so many people averse to the new technologies, they needed a, a means to assuage this anxiety. But today, we just take all of this in stride, for granted. No such technological aversion, at least typically, that is. So, when one looks deep into the areas these instruments are used for, however, one might find themselves apprehending a slightly different type of anxiety. For example, fMRIs have been used for marketing purposes. What excites us, what lights up the reward center of the brain, and so forth. There are all kinds of mapping uh, processes going on today, defining not just areas of the brain, but how they work in concert for a variety of cognitive functions. So it should come as no surprise that fMRI can be used for lie detection. Now, most of you know that for years I was a licensed practicing lie detection examiner, so the idea of actually looking at brain activity while administering an exam is somewhat exciting to me, much more so than muscle microtremors, galvanic skin response, breathing, blood pressure, and the likes. Now, 
I know what I think about all of this, but we'd like your input. We invite you to join us by calling toll-free 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. My first guest today uses fMRI functional magnetic resonance imaging and let me stop for a second there those of you that don't know magnetic resonance imaging takes a still picture if you will fmri makes a series of scans that show changes in the flow of oxygenated blood preceding neural events now the theory is it takes more effort to practice deception uh, then, then not to. So if you want to think of it this way, a lie has more oxygen in it than a, than a truthful statement. Okay, so my first kiss uses fMRI for lie detection. Indeed, he owns a company that uh, does nothing but this. Uh, we should have Joel Heisinger on the line from nolimri.com. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Joel. Thank you, Eldon. I'm glad to be here. Okay, well, now, tell us a little bit about Noli MRI, Joel. Well, I acquired a technology discovered uh, by uh, a scientist at the University of Pennsylvania about 10 years ago, and uh, he figured out uh, what the brain does uh, when it constructs a lie or when you tell a lie. Uh, the 1990s were what was called the decade of the brain, when uh, it was discovered kind of what parts of the brain do what. And uh, this inventor added on to that by showing what parts of the brain are needed to be active to tell a lie. And so we put an individual inside an MRI machine, and we ask them questions, and then we look at their brain while they're answering the question. And it turns out that if certain parts of the brain light up, then we know they're lying because they're using the parts of the brain that are necessary to tell a lie. Just like if I was looking at your face, um, I can see your eyes, and I assume that they're the, the part of your face that's being used to see. Your ears are used to be um, to hear, and your nose is used to smell. There are, these parts of the brain also have um, unique functions. So you see a very unique pattern in a very unique area, if I understand you yeah, correctly. that's correct. Light up, to use those terms, when somebody practices deception. Now, when you and I talked, Joel, you indicated to me that, that this was uh, 100% when you used it in tandem with polygraph. Is that uh, correct? Yes, uh, that's uh, an interesting new finding uh, that we just um, uh, concluded. So we... Uh, uh, we ran tests in parallel with CIA and FBI polygraphers. And, uh, these were on the same people and asking them the same question. And uh, we were proud that we were better than they were by 20%. But what was more interesting was that it showed that the polygraph and the fMRI are looking at totally different sets of data and that these sets of data are additive. And so if the polygraph agreed with the fMRI in this study, then all the answers uh, of those sort were correct. Now, I remember reading in a law review, it's been a few years ago, um, about uh, the possibility of using lie detection to interrogate foreigners that were in U.S. custody, particularly, uh, you know, what we what we might think of as uh, terrorists today. Have you used uh, MRI in, in that application? Um I have had people from uh, Guantanamo uh, call me. Uh, they're kind of waiting for kind of legal, I think, things. 
So um, that's still not so resolved I have yet. not uh, not done that. We have um, uh, used this uh, process. Um, uh, our company has that to, for court cases, uh, but uh, the prosecutor dropped um, the case, so we didn't get into court. So uh, our customer won, but um, we're still looking for cases to actually uh, use in the court. So if any of your listeners have so one of those, we'd love to uh, to test it for them. Yeah, so you, as of yet, you don't have case law behind you, you, you uh, like polygraph. Is that what I understand you to um, say? We don't have, uh, we, we have not gotten into the court system yet, um, uh, but we are, some of our customers, uh, the, 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 the prosecutors are not supposed to prosecute cases where they don't think the person is guilty. And so when we've submitted our evidence, uh, cases got dropped. They walked away. Yeah, cool. I like that. So, now, in, in many jurisdictions, of course, lie detection ends up going to court by stipulation to the parties uh, involved. Have you, have you had uh, no lie MRI stipulated to yet? Um, uh, we're looking to directly get past uh, Kelly here in California and mm-hmm. Dalbert um, in the federal system, and those are um, kind of the methodologies that the court looks at uh to see whether something is allowable in court. And so uh, we believe that we um, can pass all those legal tests. Uh, the, the biggest part of those is reproducibility. So if you test somebody on Monday, you want to make sure that you get the same answers if you tested them on Friday. Right. And so uh, we can do that, and um, we have a great accuracy, And but the law doesn't really stipulate what the accuracy has is you just have to have an accuracy so the court, um, the people in the court know, you know, what type of technology they're, they're working with. Okay, now this has got to be a little more expensive, Joel, than uh, just uh, a poly test. Yes. It, it, what do you get for the, a test utilizing uh, fMRI? Uh, presently, we are charging $5,000 for a court case, um, but we hope, uh, you know, in the future to, uh, to be able to lower the price. The main cost is uh, the usage of a two to three million dollar three Tesla uh, medical MRI, um, but we're the we're, we're being able to put these people in in shorter and shorter time frames. Uh, so now we can get a customer in and out of the machine really in uh, thirty minutes. We've even had uh, um, reporters uh, get in and out of the machine in fifteen minutes and and ask wow. them a series of questions. So. This, so really, the I mean, price uh, hopefully will be going down uh, as soon as we get our efficiency up. And you do this thirty minutes, even with a pretest scenario, or is that just thirty uh, we minutes don't have in the to machine? Do, this is we don't. Our testing is not like the polygraph testing. We don't need pretesting. We go directly to um, to questions. So you have relevant, irrelevant. You don't do zone of comparison or any no, kind of pretest. No, no, this is totally, or, totally different than than the old polygraph. We just go okay, in there yeah. and we ask them questions. We do some, uh, we, we might, uh, you know, for the, you know, kind of pictorial benefit of the court, ask them to tell a lie on something so we, we have a, a picture of that individual's brain lying. And we might um, ask them for some control questions uh, also for the benefit of the court so the court can kind of see, you know, what's happening, you know, in, in certain control questions. But that's really okay. for the benefit of the trial, et cetera. Um, All right, Joel, I, I have to ask you, you know, now, uh, are you handling libel, slander, fraud, uh, civil cases, uh, divorces, et cetera, not just criminal cases? 
Um, yeah, criminal, civil, and um, we do a lot of uh, personal things. Um, it turns out that what people appear to want and to contact us with, um, the categories are uh, sex, power, and money. And so yeah. the biggest one is sex, and people quite often want to show that they've been faithful uh, to a spouse. And they come from, you know, they can be calling from anywhere in the world. And they're willing to come out and, and just to show their spouse that they actually were faithful. So, uh, you know, so technology we do. may change, Joel, but those kinds of things seem to never change. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. Now, if somebody listening would like to get a hold of you, how do they do that? We have a link uh, at my website, but give them the information, Joel. Um, well, we can be found at nolimri.com on the web, and our telephone number uh, here in California is eight five eight. Four five nine one two one one. Okay, the, now I'm sorry. The bottom line to this is a lie. You take pictures of lies. The brain function um, reveals deception. That's true. Correct. That's correct. Okay, that's that's what I want. It's a very interesting subject. We appreciate you joining us today, Joel. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll all be sure to tell the truth if we ever visit <laughs> NOLI MRI, huh? Yeah, please uh, please look us up and uh, tell anybody that you know about our, uh, our technology. We're looking for, right. for customers. Great. Thanks for joining Thank us, sir. Thank you. All right. All right, Ravinder. <clears throat> yeah. I remember when Ron Gordon, co-founder of Atari, called our offices. Uh-huh. He was working on something they called the other 90%. Dr. Julian Isaacs had been hired by Ron to check out all the new technologies for, uh, shall we say, maximizing mind power. Indeed, Julian ended up running a number of studies on our own InterTalk programs. Do you remember that? I do. I do. That was really fascinating right then. Apparently, the first set of research that he did... Um, the results were so positive he, that when he took it to Ron Gordon, Ron Gordon didn't believe it. So he sent Julian back to do it again. And it was I think he ended up doing three sets of tests, and they all came back totally positive. They were amazed. And, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I love that. It was very robust. I, I, I'd forgotten about that part. But, yeah, that's great. Uh, well, Vic uh, is now doing a lot of what Ron had in mind and more. Uh, I mentioned in the setup my friend Dr. Victor J. Waddell, co-inventor of Ultrasound. Let's uh, get Vic on the line now. I want to speak with him about some of the technologies he's currently using in his new energy spa in Joshua Tree, California. I don't know about you, but that's one of my favorite places on the planet. In fact, much of my book, Simple Things and Simple Thoughts, is a result of a trip that I made to the desert there. Magical place it is for sure. Well, But anyway... Back to the point at hand. Vic has recently developed a protocol that calls upon a number of technologies and tools, all employed in a carefully orchestrated manner for what I think of as self-maximization. His website is simply theenergyspa.org. Vic's focus is our overall health, mind, body, and spirit. His website, welcome Uh, states our objective is to first educate you on how the new science of energy healing works we are the state of the art and our education and equipment reflects our efforts to help you you are in control of making the change you choose to make i believe we're real close to having vic on the telephone as soon as we get him up here we'll start asking him about all of this new technology now i i had you check out his website did you take a look at it 
I took a quick look at it. I'm always fascinated by anything that Vic Waddell does um, because he is a hard scientist. But some of the stuff he's doing right now really, you know, comes into the areas that I'm fascinated by, which is the energy healing. So it's really cool to have that approach. I'm really looking forward to hearing him. Yeah, and, you know, and I like the idea that what what is being done more and more is we're seeing technology advance its way into this area we think of as spirituality. I mean, how many people would think uh, uh, that we're going to have a technology for spiritual awareness? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm a dinosaur, but I think back to spiritual awareness. How do you get spiritual awareness out of technology, you know? But there is a tremendous amount of technology like the Persinger helmet, uh, that is specifically designed to stimulate areas of the brain that respond with religious experience. Indeed, you know, we are wired uh, in such a way, as Persinger showed, that if you do stimulate certain areas of the brain uh, artificially, electronically, um, that what happens is you have these deep religious experiences. So, and, and I find this all very exciting. How about you? I do, too. I do too, most certainly, especially with some of the hormone stuff too. You know, I mean, I just started on hormone replacement and one particular hormone and spiritual experiences just come pounding in. So it must be possible, you know, using lots of different technologies and means. It intrigues me totally. Well, Andrea, <clears throat> but it looks like we're having some trouble getting Vic up here. What do you think of all this technology? Um, it sounds very interesting. Um, the fMRI kind of sounds a little scary, but uh, you know I'm interested to hear what Vic has to say. You mean the lie detection? Mm -hmm. Okay, not not a, a, not <laughs> not magnetic not, resonance no. imaging itself. Well, we have Vic on the line. But before we get back to today's show, I want to remind you to like in the words of Facebook, our provocative enlightenment Facebook pages. And while you're there, I invite you to join me personally on Facebook as a friend. Finally, be sure to check out the free programs and sign up for our free newsletter when you visit EldonTaylor.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. We were preparing to introduce a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Vic Waddell, co-inventor of Ultrasound. So let's just go to Dr. Waddell right this minute. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. Hi, Eldon. Dr. Victor Waddell, how are you, sir? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, it's indeed our pleasure. You know, we, we have been talking about uh, technology, and, and we talked about your energy spot. Tell us about that. What, what are you doing there? Well, first of all, it's, uh, it's a, a whole program designed uh, basically to look at the human being from an energetic standpoint. Uh, my background in medicine has been primarily... Uh, uh, through you know university type uh, instruction, I uh, taught doctors medicine there, both anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, cross-sectional anatomy, and Newtonian physics. And uh, during one of the procedures, during uh, an ultrasound procedure, and by the way, I wasn't the true inventor of ultrasound. What I did is I invented kind of the Star Wars effect. Uh, where I designed a biopsy system that would fit into the what we call the lateral resolution of ultrasound to introduce a needle that can be seen and directed right at a point of interest for 
biopsy, cyst aspiration, amniocentesis, blood transfusions in utero. Uh, I have 135 different uh, uh, biopsy systems for medicine. But uh, uh, during one particular procedure, we introduced a needle for an amniocentesis where we were going to aspirate 60 cc's of amniotic fluid. And the idea was was to uh, take your technology, Eldon, uh, one of the things uh, where we, uh, which you did for my son, using Pachelbel's Canon and D, and oh, we did the Beach Boys and things like that. But we were introducing unconditional love to the fetus. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, the fetus isn't out of the uterus into this environment to learn things, but our intention, uh, our words with the intention behind it were, we love you, you are safe, it's okay to be safe. It's okay to be loved. And as soon as the needle went to the, into the uterus, the fetus reached out and grabbed the needle and held on to it. It actually bent it 17 degrees and held on to it throughout the whole procedure where we aspirated 60 cc's of fluid. Wow. I looked at that, and I looked at my colleagues, and I said, you guys, I just changed my life. And they laughed and everything, and I said, you know, do you know what, do you know what just happened? And, you know, without getting into a lot of uh, detail or anything, uh, that fetus knew exactly in time and space where that needle was. We could count the digits. It held on to it. And I said to myself, I'm in a field, which is current medicine. Uh, we call it Newtonian or allopathic medicine. Right. That I just, I'm moving out of, guys. I'm going because the head is attached to the body. And we just proved it. Because, you know, when you go into a, a, an academic setting or any type of a, a clinical, medical clinic, you go in there and uh, they want to see, is it a head problem or a body problem? If it's head, you go to psych. If it's, if it's body, you go to internal medicine. And then they subdivide you. <laughs> they subdivide you into all different categories and then subcategories. The problem is nobody talks to each other. There's no communication. And I was very frustrated. So anyway, I left uh, my tenure at the University of Iowa. I was also at Stanford as well. But I left to say there's got to be a better way. Now, that was in 1983. And since then, I've been studying uh, a lot of the things that you do, Elvin, of how the head, how the mind is attached to the body and what's what's going on within that. So I'll bring you up to date. Uh we now have... Well, well, let me ask you something. I just out of curiosity before you go any further. How old was this fetus? Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. Yeah. Wow. We were doing what we call a second trimester amniocentesis. Okay, good. So 12 All right, weeks. All right, now continue on. I just, I, I just needed to know that one. Yeah, uh, and at, towards the end, remind me to tell you what I'm doing with the 12-week fetus today. Uh, okay, great. Very important. Uh, I was going to ask that, but I don't want to interrupt your story, so yeah. come on. <laughs> Actually, that fetus is about 37 years old, but I'm talking about current 12-week-old fetuses. <laughs> okay. uh, what uh, what I've decided to do, uh, I, uh, I built a special laboratory way out in the boondocks in Joshua Tree. I just did not want to be bothered by uh, any type of electromagnetic interference and all of the above, everything from FDA to whatever, so... Right. Moved up the Joshua Tree. I built a uh, a prototype with my protocol inside, 
and I saw what I wanted to be able to uh, have people realize. Uh, something's working here. Uh, I moved the energy spa up to the highway 20, on 29 Palms in Joshua Tree, right downtown of the huge town of Joshua Tree, <laughs> which is very, very small. Uh, a beautiful place. But a beautiful, beautiful healing place. Unbelievable. And uh, uh, so I put together what I call the energy spa. It's based on energy, and the spa is for comfort, relaxation, and not the traditional medical uh, type of clinic. So uh, the energy spa is composed of uh, basically about three major rooms. Uh, one room has a spinning table that I put the patients on, and we spin them around, and they're in an environment of beautiful stars and uh, various types of rhythms, and that's just to unwind them when they first come in. Uh, because what we want to do is we want to work with the whole system. Uh, we are doing somewhat of an evaluation on them where we uh, initially check their heart rate and uh, their breathing, uh, what type of breathing, is it good, bad, or indifferent, you know, do they have a certain amount of anxiety, or just a lot of visual and a little bit of physiologic checks. Uh, once they come into that environment and we get them into a very relaxed state, uh, then we take them over into another room where we connect them up to a special, very, very special state-of-the-art uh, equipment uh, that is what we call neurobiofeedback. And uh, in, in the realm of energy, in the understanding of, of the human being, we know that we are fully capable of healing ourselves if we can be in an environment that will allow that and if our body, our mind, will allow us to heal ourselves. Because sometimes we're, we're ill, but we don't really feel we can or we're, we should be healed. So we basically uh, have them lie down on a table, turn the lights down, get them back into a nice normal state, and we connect them up to this EEG uh, biofeedback machine. It's composed of uh, six electrodes. Uh, two go, uh, two, four go on the ears, and two go on an area what we call C4 of the of the uh, head. Uh, during that time, we run an initial test, and we want to see what the uh, pre-study is. Then we put them into what we call a training. And this is where the uh, EEG takes a look at the brain. And to make it real, real simple, we watch the rhythm of the brain and we see if there's any, like, little extra beats. We look at the body as a musical instrument, and it all has rhythm. Our hearts beat, our limp, limp uh, system beats, uh, our venous return has a beat, our brain has a beat, everything beats. In the brain, we see the brain beating uh, under normal type conditions. And when I say normal type conditions, it's, let's say, without an anxiety or some type of a, uh, either a low or high-grade depression, it, it beats in a regular way. Mm-hmm. If it beats, it'll go, okay? Right. <laughs> Within the various aspects of our brain, you know, we have our, our beta, alpha, theta, delta. With our system, 
we go up to 42 hertz. In other words, we're using what we call a, uh, a non-linear type of biofeedback system as mm-hmm. opposed to a biofeedback that is linear and will only affect uh, certain parts of the central nervous system. Ours is what we call holistic. It covers the full gamut. And if there is what is commonly called in current medicine a depression, an anxiety, or we can subdivide that into a post-traumatic stress, or we might even take it even further and call it a cancer. We're picking this stuff up. If, for chance, there is something out of balance, because everything's based on balance that we do, the machine will pick it up and basically inform the patient that there's a little out of beat. And if, the, if it does, it, it, train, it helps the patient train themselves to put it back into a normal beat. A normal beat then dissolves the depression, dissolves the anxiety. Uh, many of these things come from, uh, well, a lot of these come from the environment. Once we're out of the uterus that we pick up, mom and dad fought all the time. Vic, uh, does it dissolve a cancer? We're, uh, I've got so many statistics, and I don't really want to say right now over the radio uh, okay. because I don't want people, you know, say, hey, right. hey, you know. Uh, I understand. But uh, I'll share with you some of the statistics that we have with more research than I believe ever has been done in the history of this world. We have 1.2 million hours of research based on this particular system. Wow. And I like being, being uh, you know, working in academics. Uh, doctors will cut you apart if you don't have the research to back up what right. you're saying. So right. I just wanted to be smart. 1.2 million hours, people. Come and get me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now, let, let me make sure that, that we have a picture of this. What you're saying, if I understand you correctly, is that the system um, is an instrument. And when, and I'm going to use some of my own words, but you slap me alongside the head if, if they're out of line here. When that instrument has a coherent rhythm, then the system is operating at its optimal. When we lose that rhythm, when part of the system anywhere in the system uh, begins to uh, become discordant, out of beat, then it is diagnostically expressing some disharmony within the system, psychological or physical. Did I get that right? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, you know, all of these uh, stories over the millennia that have spoken or addressed the idea of the human being as being uh, an organism that you could manipulate with energy, like restore itself through meridian systems of the Eastern or the, the Oriental systems or the laying on of hands, there there would appear to be some veracity to that, then at least uh, theoretically. Uh, very much so. And what we're doing right now as part of my research at the Energy Spa is we're taking it out of theory and we're moving it into reality. Yes. I love it. We'll, 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 we'll show you what laying on of hands means, because that's always been a big interest of mine. And so 
you are absolutely right. So now let me back back into the, your question about cancer. Yeah, and I, I can I can then I, I feel a little more comfortable answering it that way based on what we talked about. Uh, what we're when when we humans in an allopathic or a medical our current medical society calls a cancer, we're basically thinking of there's this mass uh, of of uh, of gob that's eating us and that's growing and and it's going in all different areas of our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the area that goes beyond that thinking, that current thinking is what we call Newtonian science. It's physical science. In energy, uh, it's, in, it's energy equals mc squared. We've accelerated right. that mass to the point that it is energy. Now, we have proved that the body is nothing but energy. However, when it slows down to the speed of light within our reality, it, uh, it has... Uh, 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 it turns into matter, but it, the right, matter is a mass. a mass. And so that mass also that we have also gives off, uh, let's say, electricity or electromagnetic or uh, reverse uh, magnetic elect- electricity, depending on how you want to word it, uh, the aura, per se. Uh, that's still there. So now we'll talk about the cancer, the mass. Uh, as a result, in some of the things that we're seeing here, is that there is that brain-body connection, that mind, let's call it more of a mind-body connection. And so as a result, if we can correct the mind of the anxiety and depression, all of a sudden we're starting to see uh, a significant difference in what we're defining as a symptom. The cancer is a symptom. It's not the root problem. So we're affecting that cancer, and yes, now we're causing it to shrink. And possibly I love that go uh, away. definition. I, I've always thought of uh, physiological conditions as a, a disturbances, if you will, in, in the system that, as you know, I, I have worked on this for many, many years, that... Uh, uh, originate in in the way that we think, in the way that we process information, in our in our beliefs, and 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 so forth. And you're saying now, though, I, I've got a I want to. I seem to have a bit of a dichotomy here, and so I I want to clarify this. Part of this is mental, but are you also saying that uh, as a vibratory property, the the human body can be vibrated back into uh, rhythm can be, you know, uh, I guess I'm thinking of Benvenisti's work where he's, he's literally filing patents now on various frequency patterns. He identifies the frequency pattern of penicillin, files a patent on it, vibrates the, the frequency, and purportedly it is as effective as the injection of penicillin. So I guess what I'm asking is do you see both of these uh, methodologies working um Within your clinic, or, or is this just more a mental thing? No, uh, it's it's uh, it is certainly uh, certainly, uh, and I'll be very careful. We we are drug free. Uh, however, uh, we do not uh, you know we do not disregard people that are under the influence of a pharmaceutical drug or other drugs per, per se. Right, we sure. see people of all kinds. 
Uh, and we know, we know the effects of that, uh, of a pharmaceutical drug, but we also know a pharmaceutical drug is a Newtonian way of thinking, uh, which is a linear, what we call a linear way. It's a symptomatic approach. It doesn't get to the root. So if you are just, uh, let's say, injecting the drug or uh, orally taking a drug, to affect the symptoms, such as an antihistamine for people that have uh, a runny nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, that particular drug, uh, antihistamine, uh, causes a linear effect, and that's the reason why we have uh, all these thousands of, of uh, contraindications that uh, if, you, if you take this for uh, your uh, upset stomach, you may have headaches. It may cause uh, blindness or erectile dysfunction. <laughs> you know, you have <laughs> right. all these things. And so they're covering themselves because they know that it does affect the whole body. So, but if you take the uh, vibratory rate or what's called the energy out of that mass or the matter, uh, the penicillin, right. now you're giving the body energy that will allow itself to rebalance and it affects it holistically. It will only take the energy and use it uh, to the area that needs uh, the rebalancing. That's what I wanted to hear. So all of this really comes down, whether it's chemistry or it really all comes down to the exchange of energy. Everything is energy. That's the way we look at it. Okay, now you're using subliminal communication. I love how you say this. You've got epi, uh, what is it? epigenetic mind-body communication via consciousness and subliminal communication. <laughs> yeah. Translate that for me, Vic. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, if, if, if somebody were to ask me, what is your practice at the energy spa? And I basically say it's epigenetics, and that means we go above the genetic, the, 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 the genes of the human body. We go above it because the mind, we've proven, affects our genes. For example, uh, women that have breast cancer, seems like everybody's getting breast cancer. Right. We know that only 5% of the women that have breast cancer comes from genes, a genetic, tra- uh, what we call a vertical, not a lateral, but a vertical transfer of genes. Mom and dad got together and had baby, and they transferred the gene over, okay? 5% of the women, uh, but based on a study at Stanford University, uh, have the genetic transfer. 95% of all women, and I'll, I'll just pick on the women, not the men, uh, right. that have <laughs> breast cancer, uh, um, uh, have uh, the breast cancer as a result from what we call the environment, and what is the environment? Well, the environment is where we live, the foods that we eat, uh, how many times a day we use our cell phones, anything that would affect us from uh, a non-natural way. Okay? So, right. But a big part of that, of what we call the environment, is something that we're seeing at the energy spa is basically it's stress-related. And that, and that could, stress-related can be communication. It can be the verbal aspect of our lives, not just uh, magnetic uh, smog from a, a, a cell phone. Exactly. You know, Vic, 
I, I'm going to have to have you back on this show. I can tell you that right now. We've got I'm a minute, 45 seconds. I've got tons of questions here. You know, I, I want to ask you about electromagnetic uh, traces in the brain and this IBVA, cortical electrocyte, all these okay. things that, that I know you know about. So we're just going to have to schedule you back on the show. But for our listeners, if they want to reach you, tell us how to reach you again. Okay. Uh, right now they can go online, and it's called, uh, the clinic here is called The Energy Spa. Dot org, the energy spa dot org. Now, right now, what what I've done is I've basically taken the phone off the hook, and it will be going back on in about three weeks or so, because we're doing we're adding another little specialty uh, that Eldon I'd like to talk to you about, and uh, actually it involves you quite a lot. Uh, it, it is also based on the twelve week old fetus that uh, I originally started with and now I'm really working with because as we talked, I have a big concern of some of the things that I'm seeing right now. Uh, we're seeing post-traumatic stress syndrome within the 12-week fetus. Yeah, and that's because of mom and dad arguing, uh, uh, mom and dad taking drugs, mom and dad doing this. Uh, we'll have to do that, Vic, yeah. and, and I'm sorry, but we're just out of time. We have 20 seconds. <laughs> My friend, I will bring you back. Very good. We've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank every one of you for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next week. Until then, remember this. Always, believing in yourself matters. <laughs>